Another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss the movie Titanic Minute by Minute. I'm your host, Rob, and joined as always by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Oh, I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it is to be with you two again. I'm pretty sure that we could have finished any one of the Ernest movies by now. Probably right. I think they are all under 90 minutes. 100 need, minutes for sure. None of them need a lum cut. None of them need a lump cut. They're all tight and economical. <laughs> um, so we're on minute 99. 99 Luff balloons. 99 ways to die. Yeah. Um, in this minute, the lookouts spot the iceberg. Too late. It, it, <laughs> too, too little, too late. Uh, I will say these guys, these uh, these lookouts' reaction to seeing the iceberg, like you know how they just sort of look kind of beyond the camera as it's looking at them and react, is pretty great. Yeah, they're they're good character actors. I I enjoy them. Uh and, and Frederick Fleet yells uh bugger me, which for the longest time I actually thought he swore uh I thought F that, me. I thought that up until this afternoon. I thought he said F me. Mm-hmm. So it's bugger? Bugger me. Yeah. Hmm. And then he starts ringing that bell. And on the one of the the uh, commentary, the cast and crew commentary. The one, the sound designer talked about how like uh, James Cameron wanted to like get the bell, get a bell made by this. He got the bell made by the same company that made the bell that was on the Titanic. Jesus, <laughs> I know. It's just like one of those things. You're like, okay, fine. It's really, it's really funny what gets in his craw and what he sees to weird completion. And then other stuff is like, oh, whatever. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he calls, he he uh, he rings bell and then he calls the bridge. I don't entirely know like why you ring the bell and call the bridge, but uh, he calls the bridge, and you know he's he lacks a little patience. Um, <laughs> is it because he's uh, they're charging uh, towards a, a a death berg right in front well, of them? Is that why he's panicking? It, it could be Joe, and also maybe he just knows that the guy who's going to answer, uh, James Moody. Uh, it is is slow because did you guys notice what he says to him when he answers the phone? He he thanks him, like he gets the information and he's like, right, you know, thanks, and like thanks him, which is like a very strange thing to do. I feel I, like in that situation, I always thought that he's just so cool under pressure. He's just like, yep, I got it. Got it. Thanks. He does his job. He doesn't screw it up. He relays the info. Yeah. No, he does. Just like, can you imagine hearing the worst news you could hear in this situation? Like, literally, scenario-wise, this is the worst thing that could happen. And just like, okay, thanks. Um, the worst thing that could <laughs> it's happen. Called is being a... cool under pressure. Mission Impossible, boy. No. What true. would Ethan Hunt do? Go. Oh no! And start screaming and crying. <laughs> and the worst thing that could happen is a sea monster. <laughs> okay. That's also true. Or we already hit an iceberg. That would be worse. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna hit another one. The worst, yeah. The worst call is the apology call. Like, yeah, sorry. 
I mean, it's hard to describe what happens the rest of this minute. It's just absolute chaos on the bridge. Uh, I have, I wrote whip pans. Yep. And quick edits. It's it turns into a music video now. It turns into an action film. Yeah. Um, this I do have. This ain't your granddaddy's Titanic. <laughs> I do have some fun facts about the iceberg, guys. What's it made um, of? The air was clear. Uh, and there was no moon, and the sea was calm. And we know now that exceptionally calm waters is a sign of a nearby pack ice. Um, and you know, we mentioned earlier that there weren't hot dogs on the iceberg, so they couldn't smell it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, and I had mentioned uh, we had mentioned the binoculars early, so that you know they didn't have them. Although. Uh, that said, it was sort of determined that it's nighttime anyways. They actually wouldn't have helped because, you know, there's still no light. It's not going to help if you can see in the darkness more. Um, so Fleet, Frederick Fleet, actually uh, spots the iceberg at uh, at 2339, so 1139. Uh, nine minutes earlier, apparently, at uh, 202330, Fleet and Lee had noticed a slight haze on the horizon ahead of them and kind of thought nothing of it. Some people now believe that was probably a mirage caused by cold waters melting and warm air creating a raised horizon. It's like cold waters, yeah, cold, cold waters meeting warm air creating a raised horizon and blinding the lookouts from spotting the iceberg from far away. And I think this sort of goes back to like this common theme about, you know, this tragedy. Is there so. There's so many things that if like one thing would have been different, um, it could have been adverted. Like it's just a lot of bad luck and bad decisions combined to create this event. Well, I was gonna ask the question. It even if they, it, it just seems like they were going so fast that it really by the time they saw it, even if you know I don't know what happened in real life of how soon they saw it, would it have made a difference? Like they were just because they were gunning it into an ice patch um that's a good that's a good question and uh and great segue by the way um he yells iceberg right ahead right and then the chaos we talked about um a uh, murdoch is the one that sort of makes a decision to you know to do what they do according to fourth uh, fourth officer joseph boxhall murdoch told captain smith that he was attempting to hard a port around the iceberg suggesting that he was attempting uh, a port around maneuver which is to swing the bow around the obstacle then swing the stern so that both ends of the ship um would avoid a collision and there was a delay before either order went into effect just because of the uh the uh, steam powered like steering mechanism and it takes up to about 30 seconds to to turn the ship's tiller which we we kind of see this week and then there's just a, it's complex to set the engines into reverse. We see this later, and to like you know let the propeller stop and then move again. And uh, there are um, some beliefs that if he had simply turned the ship while maintaining the forward speed, it might have missed the iceberg. Mm. So there is some discussion that if a different decision by Murdoch here could have changed things. Yeah, and I mean- then. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but yeah, right. I mean, who knows? I mean, and then in uh, in twenty ten, uh, this uh, uh, Louis Pattern, Louis, yeah, Louis Pattern asserted that her grandfather Charles Lightoller claimed the helmsman 
Robert Hitchens initially panicked and turned the rudder the wrong way and that uh, Bruce Ismay ordered the boat to continue slow ahead in the belief that Titanic was unsinkable um, and that this this grandfather this grandson essentially says that the reason this hasn't been revealed was because of the insurance implications. Huh. So there are uh, various theories about like you know but i mean that said i kind of go with what you what you mentioned off like they you know as far as we know all these men reacted properly and did what they thought was the best thing as quickly as they could yeah it, i i don't have as much histor like real life knowledge as you do um because you read a, a night to remember right yes um, which it seems that a lot of this is also based on that book yes. and movie from Cameron. I mean, he's admitted that that's not a, not like a ah, gotcha thing, but it, it seems like once the decision was made to not halt for the evening or to slow down it, I mean, to me, it seems like there was no good way out of it. Yeah. I mean, ultimately the, the person's fault seems like the guy we keep mentioning is Captain Smith. He's so, the one that, you know, had them going faster. I've, I, and I, I'm not saying that this is correct, but I feel like I've heard a theory that it, they actually might have been better off if they hadn't turned and just rammed it. Yeah, I've that, heard that too. That the, I, I don't know what it, what the physics of that is. I mean, we can get into that later, but I was just wondering if you knew offhand. Yeah, that is a, that is a theory that, that like the fact that it grazed it and where it hit was sort of the worst thing. And then that goes back to what our former Heart of the Ocean, Rachel, talked about, like if indeed there was this like fire that was going on inside the ship that weakened a part of the hull, that also plays into effect. Yeah. Um, a lot of great content. Joe. Joe, are you awake? Yeah, I'm listening to you guys. It's interesting. Uh, I'm just curious, Joe, if, if uh, you were successful this week um, as our brand ambassador. Yeah, of course I was. People are... Uh, batting down the hatch is like they're banging on doors trying to get on board with uh, titanic minute this runaway <laughs> titan of podcasting and uh Great. we uh we are we know that a lot of our listeners are podcasters so i try to find products that are marketed towards our listeners and i think i found our best one yet oh wow no nice. kidding better than lum cut <laughs> Uh, well, lump cuts Dolls more for dumb. just cinephiles with, with low poor, low attention spans and who don't actually care about the art of cinema. But <laughs> this is this is purely for podcasters for any subject area: cars, um, movies, politics, whatever. Okay, let's hear it. Um, this is uh, kind of a well, well you know, uh, we podcasting costs money. It sure does. N- not necessarily a lot. It does cost money, and it can be really challenging to find a revenue stream for that. And there are some options out there, but I think I found uh, a new one that actually meets podcasters' real needs. It's called Matreon.com. And uh, Matreon is a service uh, where loyal listeners can selectively open their DMs to podcasters. And what it's going to do here is combine online dating with uh, sort of independent, uh, crowdfunded uh, 
uh, crowdfunded support of creative endeavors like the one you're listening to right now. Uh, what, what we like Matreon, it, it meets podcasters' real needs. Like, yes, we podcasting costs money, but most of us uh, live with our parents, so we're <laughs> not necessarily hard up for cash. What, it, what Matreon does is it provides a meaningful companionship stream, which is what the podcasters' real needs are. So what, what Matreon sets up, and I know that, that there are other websites that have something similar to this, the kind of a sort of monthly contribution thing, and you get some perks. What Matreon does is it reverses it. And based on your profile, it will automatically put you into different tiers uh, and give you differing access to premium content to podcasts based on what you can offer those podcast hosts. So tier one would be a car. If you have a car and you could drive us somewhere, <laughs> that's going to get you some some premium extras. So that would that would be tier one. Tier two, um, do you have an apartment? Because <laughs> I mean, we could hang out here, but uh, my parents are upstairs and we have to keep it down. Sure. Uh, tier three, do you have health insurance? <laughs> <laughs> and are you willing to get married? Because uh, I have diabetes pretty, pretty bad. And insulin is getting really expensive. So what Matreon does is based on what you can provide your favorite podcast hosts, it's going to give you access to different levels of, of premium content. So this isn't going to cost you anything. But by opening your doors to these, uh, these creators, uh, you can really support them. So uh, what you can do is go to match uh matreon.com tight slash titanic minute yeah register based on sort of what your what you can what you can what, what your situation is and you'll get access to differing levels of premium content sure so uh so i'm feeling um a lot of pains where i think my pancreas is <laughs> so if we could get some people signing up for at matreon.com slash uh Titanic Minute. Um, yeah, the, uh, we'd really appreciate the support. The insulin. I, I, th- I really, I really alone. need to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, back to Titanic. Um, <laughs> this this minute ends with uh, we kind of go to the the engine room and and they're now reacting. They have they have received the pizza wheel message and uh, yeah. <laughs> That's why my pancreas hurts so much. <laughs> Uh, and and that's how this minute ends. Do either of you guys have anything else for minute ninety nine? I have something. Okay. That probably makes me sound like a crazy person, but I have supporting evidence. Uh, there is a a musical moment in this minute, right after the they say iceberg right ahead, and he hangs up. There is a moment where there's a noise and i'm not really sure what it is and it could just be a convalescence of things but it sounds like a sound effect from doom or doom 2 <laughs> there is a, so in the score or in, just the, in, the, in the score in the, in the okay. musical score it's on the it's and i've confirmed that it's on the the soundtrack so it's not just the movie it's not foley or adr or something like that it's actually it originates i would assume from james horner and i'm not sure what symphony but there's a moment where it sounds like oh <laughs> it sounds, it's, is that your Barry White again <laughs> that's my Chewbacca <laughs> Chewie is that you 
<laughs> I don't care what you smell, you big lug. Uh, but yes, there's, I, and I will post these files uh, of the moment in the movie and then sound effects from Doom. I'm not sure if it's Doom or Doom 2, but I swear to God, it sounds like one of the weird zombie corpse marines going. So, so this sounds insane, but I, I can confirm uh, Duff did did send these audio files to us. Oh, it's it, absolutely <laughs> true. James Cameron or James Horner, one of the two, ripped off the Doom sound effects yeah. on their soundtrack. <laughs> absolutely. Like, they, they were like, well, we can't use the Wilhelm scream. That's the yeah. end of death. So we're going to use this Doom grunt. <laughs> I wish they had used, uh, is it Scorpion in Mortal Kombat? Get over here. Get, Get over here. That's a that's a bar pickup line. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe for James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> pre woke pre woke Hollywood, it might work. But. Fatality. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. Post that, listeners. You will hear it, and it will shock you. Uh, do any of you have anything else for this minute? Uh, no. I'm I'm getting thirsty. Let's. Uh, I don't know. I could use a happy hour. All right. All right. We could do that. We can do that. All right, listeners. Um, you should go sign up for Sinking Feeling. Uh, Sinking Feeling is our newsletter that Caroline sends out once a week. Now she's got to look up about the Wilhelm scream and this doom sound and all sorts I of stuff. I feel like this week's Sinking Feeling is going to drive her to madness. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of nonsense this week. <laughs> if she's still doing it at this point. Why does my pancreas hurt? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you can you can sign up for that at uh, titanicminute.com slash newsletter. And we will be back tomorrow with Minute 100. We're in the triple digits starting tomorrow. Woo-woo. I got 99 problems, and this podcast is probably one of them. <laughs> <laughs>